Hey, welcome back to another edition of Tailgate Season presented by the Cold Cans Network, uh, where it is always a bad day to be a beer. I'm Logan Sender with my co-host Jordan, and once again, another special guest. Our guest picker from football season is back for basketball season. We have uh, none other than the younger Hargrove, Spencer. Some say the younger and the better. What say you, Spencer? I agree with that statement 100%. <laughs> yeah, I have something to say about that one. <laughs> well, we'll... We'll see who's better at picking games uh, towards the end of this uh, show. You're our first basketball guest picker of the season. So uh, you know, let's see if you go mano e mano uh, on the Hargrove boys, see who comes out on top this week. Uh, be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, click subscribe on that, share it with your friends. And in the description on that, there is a link that says click here to leave a voicemail. When you click on that link, it takes you to speakpipe.com slash cold cans. You'll see the country cold cans logo. There's a big button that says record. Real easy. Click that, speak your piece, hit send it to us. You leave leave us a voicemail. We will respond to it on the air. So if you have any questions, comments, or anything you just want to tell us, that's the place to do it. Uh, follow us on at Cold Cans Sports for tailgate season and at Cold Cans Pickums. If you like sports, you like picks, and you like money, why the hell not follow that? Because Jordan has been a pretty solid record so far um, across a whole bunch of sports. So follow him at at Cold Cans Pickum. And then finally, check out the website. Country and coldcans.com, coldcansnetwork.com. Both URLs work for blog content and merch. We have hats, t-shirts, koozies available. You can find that at coldcansnetwork.com slash shop. All right, fellas. A um, little bit of sad news in the ACC basketball front. Let's just start off with that. But um, very, very influential basketball announcer within ACC athletics, Billy Packer, passed away at age of 82. Um, Billy Packer is a guy who... Uh, he eat it, slept, and breathed ACC basketball. He played at Wake Forest in the 60s, was part of their uh, 1962 Final Four team, got into um, sports broadcasting just kind of by accident. Uh, they needed somebody to do one of the games, and he just was there, and they were like, hey, you can, you can do this. You wouldn't mind jumping on the radio with this. And that was the first time he ever did a sports broadcasting uh, game for, for, uh, some, I can't remember if it was a Wake Forest game, but it was an ACC game. Then they just kept inviting him back and, you know, he turned into a long-term career. I mean, if anything, he was one of the voices we all remember from the Raycom days within the, uh, ACC basketball. And it, it's kind of sad to see such a stalwart and like just a recognizable voice in of our childhood and of a lot of people's childhoods within ACC athletics, uh, no longer with us. Uh, I'm a big fan of his son. Um, uh, I used to love Packer and Durham when that, that show was on ACC Network. Uh, but, you know, you guys have any thoughts about, you know, the late Billy Packer? I mean, the guy, like I said, he's he was tied at the hip with the ACC for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked about this a little bit off the air. That, uh, for me, he's not he wasn't exactly one of my favorite uh, broadcasters. Um, it seems like every broadcaster I listen to hates Carolina, except for Jay Billis. So I'm a big Jay Billis guy, but uh, it, it's it's one of those that you know he's he's won this synonymous with ACC basketball um, and just overall bigger games um, tournament wise. Um, I remember you know back when the ACC was uh, on Raycom, you know, and that's always a staple for me is Raycom Sports for the ACC. Um, you know, he used to do those games all the time. And so, you know, your childhood, our childhood, grew up with listening to him call big games, uh, Duke Carolina games, or just overall big ball games in the ACC. 
So you knew when you heard that, you knew it was going to be uh, a pretty decent ball game. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those that you hate because you to you hate to lose anybody, but him having a big part in our childhood made it where it's kind of like uh, you know, once again, Logan, we're getting older. Um, so, you know, that when somebody dies, that was a big part of your childhood that it makes it really sad in a little bit. And, um, so that, you know, that kind of said it when I heard it, I didn't really pay attention to it. I was like, Oh, Billy. Pa- oh, and then it rang, it rang, uh, you know, Raycon sports, ACC basketball. Um, so, you know, it's hard to hear that. And it's hard to also put up the fact that we're getting older. So maybe I don't know, uh, which one really bothered me the most, but, uh, <laughs> I, I really am really am upset for him, but like you said, his his son is pretty good. Um, and you know, you got two legendaries there. You have Woody's son, mm-hmm. uh, West Durham, uh, Woody Durham, and you have Billy Packer's son. Um, so that's that's always good that that tradition continues, and it's good that they have a show together. Um, I, I like listening to them also. So you know, it's a sad day in sports and ACC basketball for Billy Packer's passing away. Yeah, I mean, Billy Packer, like you said, uh, if you think about it, how it kind of relates to us personally, too, not to make this about like me and Jordan, but it, those things, those thoughts through, do go through your mind. Like the era that we grew up watching the ACC, whether it's expansion, whether it's Raycom no longer being a thing. And don't get me wrong, Raycom in general, like production wise, kind of sucked. <laughs> but, you know, it was our shitty network that we always would watch the weekend games. Like almost always the, the second matchup between Duke and Carolina would be on Raycom. You'd have the same little logo. They'd always run. They'd be like battle of the blues, battle of the blues all the time. Um, But like Billy Packer was a big part of that because he, he did a lot of those games. He was the voice of the ACC for a very long time on Raycom. Uh, I believe he also did a lot of final four games with CDS. So like, you know, with, you have coaches retiring, you have, Longtime announcers that are unfortunately no longer with us and old sports networks being uh, discontinued and the big boys, ESPN and all them, you know, creating conference specific uh, networks. It's just different from what we all were accustomed to for many decades. Yep. Spencer, you grew up the same way as I did. We were in the same household growing up together. So uh, let's see. What do you have to say about Billy Packer? Uh, I was just thinking, you know, on Saturdays, it was always Billy Packer. The ACC was Billy Packer or Mike Hopgood. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember that name, but he yeah. died a couple of years ago. Uh, but it was just one of those things where, like you said, if you heard one of those two voices, you know it was going to be a very important game at the ACC. And it's sad, to, like you guys said, it's sad to see that legend pass away and we're getting old and all that. But it just like, some of those guys, you can still hear their voices. Like when a game pops up, like you always hear the, this is, you always hear in the back of your head. You're like, this is, uh, this is AC basketball, Raycom and all like that. And it just sucks to, that we lost another uh, legend in the basketball community. Yeah. I mean, and I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. I was telling you guys right before we started recording the probably my favorite Billy Packer call was when he was doing the 2008 final four between Kansas and UNC. And Kansas went up like 39 to 12 early in the game. Maybe been like roughly seven minutes ago in the first half. And he goes, and with that, this one is over. And his like <laughs> announced partner was like, really? With like only seven minutes to go in the first half, he was like, pretty much. 
it was just like to say it that early, like it was hilarious, but you know, it turned out to be true in that, that case, much to the chagrin of you guys and the rest of the Tar Heel faithful, but just to have the, the cojones, so to say, so to speak, to uh, say that <laughs> before the first half's even over with a team like North Carolina playing, like it, it was hilarious. Uh-huh. I, uh, I, I don't remember that. That must have been, that must have been the year that, uh, Creighton, the dirty bastards, broke Kendall Marshall's wrist. I must have been that year. No, it, it wasn't. It was 2008, Jordan, because I remember specifically because 2008, way to go to Final Four. Yeah, we beat, got killed by Kansas. Yeah, 2008. And then yeah. we went back to back. Oh, man. Yeah, what am I doing? See, Jordan, I remember this specifically because you and I were probably about 13 or 14 at the time. And you were actually coming to my house to stay the night right after that game ended. And you came walking up to my house when I was still living in town on Washington street, wearing your Carolina Jersey. And you would look like somebody had just kicked your dog or something. <laughs> you were just like, you had like such a long face and I'm just sitting there grinning. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I still were. remember that. <laughs> that, uh, that sounds about right. Uh, you used a bad analogy though. Somebody kicked my dog, which I don't have a dog. Um, if somebody kicked my dog, I wouldn't be upset about it, but I don't like dogs for you viewers out there. I'm sorry. I'll just throw it out there. I don't like dogs. Plot twist. If someone kicks Jordan's dog, it's Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> but you know you hate to lose a legend of any sorts, and we've lost a few, especially um, some recently um, with broadcasting and stuff like that. And unfortunately, that's what's going to happen more and more. Um, I didn't even think about Spencer when you said uh, "hot, hot wood, hot whatever, hot wood." I can't think. I can't pronounce the name right now. But uh, you know, that's one of those that that was another one that you thought about. And I totally forgot about him, but once you said a name, it came back. And so, you know, my worst one was obviously Woody Durham when I had him uh, pass away. But, you know, we're going to have those. And so it's life and it sucks and it changes sports um, in your view. And you'll never forget those voices you heard when you were younger talking about basketball. And that's where we are now with the loss of Billy Durham. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, even if people maybe didn't like some uh, announcing styles of some of the guys back then, the one thing I can say in hindsight, and right, hindsight is 2020. Now that we have like every game, it feels like televised on something, whether it's the app with ESPN Plus or the big networks with ESPN, ABC, so on and so forth. The 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 guys that maybe back then we didn't always think were the best announcers were miles better than the whatever clowns we get for ESPN Plus games that are not even in person. And those, like those dudes those are, terrible. are terrible. Those guys are legitimately terrible. Like we could probably put on a more entertaining show. And know more about these teams if they just let us uh, commentate those games. But it kind of makes you also uh, appreciate some of those uh, announcers from that era on Raycom mm-hmm. a little more than and, and, and Raycom and what was it? Uh, the FSN yeah, uh, F- Sunday Night Fox Hoops. Sports Sunday Night Hoops. Yeah, it makes yeah. you appreciate those guys a little more. Um, maybe we didn't quite yeah. realize what we had at the time. The uh... The Tim Brando, Mike Jeminski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the G-Man. <laughs> the, yeah. the ACC Sunday Night Hoops. That was the <laughs> little chant that they did right before they came on to whatever. But, yeah, those were the good old days. Yeah, we went out of those back. The, uh, like, so, like, these, and I'll say it now, the ESPN guy that I hate listening to is uh, Bill Walton. I can't stand <sighs> listening to Bill Walton. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know he doesn't really care about my opinion. But I cannot stand. I will mute the TV or just change the game entirely before I listen to that. And it's 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 pretty bad. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Bill Walton. I, I, he just yeah. goes off on ridiculous tangents, and there's a reason, you know, outside of the UCLA connection that he's he's doing games late at night because the West Coast games are where he needs to stay because the majority of the country is on the East Coast. Let's call a spade a spade. And people are just not watching Oregon and Oregon State play basketball. So, they, yeah, throw, keep Bill Walton on the West Coast. <laughs> yep. I agree. I agree. That's something we should dive into on a future episode is like our top three favorite announcers, top three uh, worst announcers, in our opinion. That, that would be something we can explore here this season. I don't, know uh, but, if, uh, I don't know if I need three. I might need more than that for my worst because there's, <laughs> that's a good amount that I just absolutely hate. I know I know you say you like Phyllis, but you know there's a little Carolina bias there. That, that might there's a, oh, no, 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 no. I have, I have issues with some of the way Billis goes about things. I like Billis calling games. I think Billis is very talented at calling games. Him and Dan Schulman, good combo. Yeah. Billis's attempt to, to stay neutral, I think sometimes dives into being a shill for his uh, alma mater's rival. That's always been my criticism of Jay Billis. And honestly, Jay Billis probably couldn't give a fuck what I have to think. If I were him, I wouldn't give a fuck what I have to think either. But the reality is like, it's a common criticism amongst Duke fans of Mr. Billis, but I do think Billis is probably one of, if not the best in the, in the game at calling games currently. I agree. There's no doubt. There's a reason he does the big games, uh, the college game day games or, or something like that. Usually because he is in my, in my opinion, one of the best announcers in the game today. Yeah. I just will never forget that ridiculous chart that he talked about one time. If Harrison Barnes made one more shot per game, I'm like, okay, yeah, here we go. (laughs) 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 But speaking of people like Harrison Barnes, it is another edition of rivalry week here on tailgate season. Uh, This time is the battle of the blues. Let's go on and call it that this episode in honor of Raycom and Billy Packer. Uh, We got the battle of the blues again, Duke versus Carolina, you know, a rivalry unlike any other eight miles apart, as they love to say. Um, a lot of classic games in this uh, series. Um, this weekend, they play Saturday night. And uh, we kind of want to have a little bit of talk about, you know, a little brief mention of this weekend's game. But mainly, let's, like, like while we're feeling nostalgic, let's kind of talk about some of our favorite memories um, on Duke and Carolina. But before we get to that, uh, you guys have any brief thoughts about this weekend's matchup between the Tar Heels and the Blue Devils? First time they have been unranked facing each other since – let me check my notes. Twenty twenty one. So, and the first time since nineteen first time since nineteen eighty two, I believe that neither coach has won a national championship in either game. Like, uh, mm. yeah, yeah, between because I mean, Coach K has been there, or Dean and Roy's been there. Uh, oh yeah, because Coach K was there in oh four oh five when Roy was just starting out. So I mean, yeah, this first time since nineteen eighty two that. A coach on either side hasn't won a national championship. Very true. Um, you know, I, I I don't know why, and I'm Carolina. Just I'm gonna probably end up cursing it, and, but I I was talking to Carson, my buddy Carson tonight, and I said I said I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't feel scared. I don't feel the. Uh, I don't feel nervous. I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm not used to this feeling. This game usually all week is. Oh man, I can't, I can't sleep. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm like just so ready for the game. And of course, Saturday, I'm going to be obliterated. So, I mean, that's the only way I could watch a Duke Carolina game anyways, to calm my nerves is, uh, is to drink heavily. Um, 
No different than any other weekend, but just a little more for the uh, Carolina game. But um, it's one of those. It's we're we're in different spots as teams right now. You know, um, we're not where we used to be. We're not. Uh, you know, I know Carolina's coming off the title. Um, no, or not the title. The title game appearance. Let me rephrase that. Um, but we're not. I don't know. I don't feel like we're clicking yet. Dude struggled a little bit, which is to be expected with the Shire coming in, filling some big shoes. You got a young roster. It's kind of you're in no man's land like Carolina was with Hubert first. You don't know what you're going to get. And eventually these teams figure it out. Duke's playing good. They had a big win tonight against Wake Forest. Um, they, they've yet to win on the road, but that's a sign of a young, um, of a young well, team. They beat Boston College, but that that barely counts. Yeah, uh, that's what I was saying. I mean, it's I didn't even count that as a win, but it was. Uh, <laughs> but it's a sign of what's going to come from these two teams. And right now, as fan bases, uh, have to be patient. Uh, we Carolina fans got scored last year. Uh, do I expect that to happen all the time? No, it's just not. It's not the way college basketball works. Uh, but you know, with this game coming up, it's going to be a good game, like it always is. You throw the records out the window. You throw, honestly, home court advantage and any of that out the window because I've seen plenty of games where you win at opposite places, like Carolina wins yeah. to Duke and Duke wins to Carolina. So it doesn't matter even about that. It's literally a toss-up game. Throw the spreads out the window. Throw everything you know about these two teams out the window, and it's just it's what makes to, this the best rivalry. To that point, I mean, is Carolina fans love the talking point, but it's truly like Hansborough was 4-0 at, at Cameron Endor. Conversely, Mike Shashevsky had a winning record at the Dean Dome. Right. So, I mean, that's just, those are just two points that prove your point there of like, in this particular matchup, home court doesn't really mean as much as it normally does. And records don't mean nothing at all. I mean, completely. I mean, the 95 game, uh, the Jeff yeah. Cape, I mean, Carolina mm-hmm. won, but that Duke team finished 13 and 18, didn't make the tournament. Like, right. But they took Carolina to double overtime with a Jeff Capel half court shot to send it to double overtime. And that was a uh, Carolina team that had Rasheed Wallace uh, and who, who was the other guy? Stackhouse. Stackhouse. Stackhouse on that one. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, it's, it's whatever. And I know you're getting, well, you're not as big as Duke fan as you were when we were growing up. Not even fan, a little bit. <laughs> which is a damn shame. But, um, you know, you got, you got two Carolina fans, diehards on here, bombarding you. So, um, maybe I set you up for a little double trouble by seeing the Smith would come on here. I did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, this is rigged. <laughs> but no, like I, I'm kind of with you on that. Like I, I think that it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, I'm interested to see. I mean, Baycott's going to get his right, but I think that Pete and Nance will be the X factor just because Duke isn't a small team. No. And don't tell me one, that. I mean, they're not. Though. Like they're not a small team. They're and they. It is going to be the battle of the Northwestern transfers. Uh, former teammates Pete Nance and then his name Ryan Collins, I think it is. Um, Ryan Young. Young. Oh, Young. yeah, Young. That's right. See, you know the Duke team better than I do these days. I'm a Wolfpack guy these days. But uh, yeah, Young, Northwestern guy, Pete Nance, Northwestern guy. So they're, they're former teammates going against each other on opposite sides of a bitter rivalry. Um, that'll be an interesting. So I wonder if the announcers are going to beat that one to death because, you know, how they normally take storylines and try to run with it. But I think it's going to be a, a fun game and a close game. Um, I'll, I'll try to keep up the score a little bit on my phone while I'm watching a concert in Raleigh instead of watching the game this year. You would never, back in the day, you would never miss this damn ball game watching. You would no. never miss it. 
Accurate. And now look at you. And now look at you. <laughs> I think uh, this game's going to really come down to guard play, which I know that kind of advantages it should advantage Carolina a little bit. But Duke's got Roach and Proctor played better tonight, I think. But uh, a, a key matchup in that one is going to be Filipowski. And, you know, who does Baycott guard? Are you going to let him step out and get Filipowski? Or are you going to let Nance guard him? Or man, But we'll have to see from there. But obviously, I think this will be a good game. As always, it always delivers. Like Jay Billis says, Carolina Duke always delivers. Um, but like and like he said, the records throw everything out the window. It's Carolina Duke. It, the rivalry, I think, exploded exploded after last year. It kind of picked back up. It's because like it kind of turned into like a respectful rivalry nowadays, where like it's. You have respect for both teams. Both teams are the powerhouses in college basketball, uh, top five programs. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's kind of more of a respect robbery now than it was back in the uh, early 2000s, the mid-2000s, where it was just Carolina Duke just hated each other. That's fair. I think the fan bases still hate each other, but I yeah, do agree. Right. You don't have as many fights on the floor and – you know, Darty and uh, what was it, Collins getting yep. into it yep. uh, like they did in 2003, I think it was. So, yep. yeah, it has kind of changed. The tone of it has changed a little bit uh, in terms of the on-floor product and the way the coaches interact. Because, I mean, Roy and, you know, the deep uh, fans out there, especially because I mean, it's very common amongst both fan bases. You know, the most of the fans for both schools didn't have never barely set foot on campus, but they – the, they may not know this, but, you know, Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski are friendly. <laughs> they, there wasn't like yeah. this animosity. Like, there, it, it wasn't like the 1980s when Mike Krzyzewski and Dean Smith didn't like each other. They became friends later in life. But in the 80s, there was more of that animosity, to your point, um, uh, Spencer. And, but, and then, right. like, it kind of returned a bit when Darty was there and him and Collins got in their, their, little, their little scuffle. But as of late, the last decade or so, I mean, it's been – more of a respectful robbery in terms of how the interactions between the players and the coaches. Which, I, you know, I'm always about some, some fun uh, on the court. And, you know, it makes it more fun to be a part of a robbery. I mean, last year you had a little bit with the handshake line. wasn't really anything. Um, but, I, you know, <laughs> you, you, had, you had Carolina to send K out the way it did, and that made me feel a lot better. I feel like I won the robbery no matter what happened <laughs> ever in my life. Um, but it's, it's one of those games that you know is coming and I don't care what anybody says you can bring in, in my opinion, it's the best rivalry in sports. You can, I mean, at one point in time, the wins were tied, the points were tied. And it was like, it wasn't that long ago that that was the case. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and honestly, you know, this year when you were just talking about Filipowski and young and lively, um, to be honest, I think. It's, it's split what it usually is. I think now the inside game favors a little more Duke, whereas and with the stretch guy with Filipowski and the guard play favors North Carolina, where usually it's always been consistently almost the other way is what I felt like it is. Um, but now it's split the other way. So, I mean, it's one of those things that change over time, but you cannot convince me this is not the best rivalry in any sport in my other than that, well, you can get Alabama Auburn in there, yes. Eh, because that hasn't been as competitive. I think in terms of 
at least I, I don't like when people like to say historically sometimes because sorry, when there were people that me and Jordan at almost 30 years old could go out there and probably be competitive with playing basketball in terms of athleticism, that shit doesn't count to me in modern ish basketball terms. There hasn't been really any other robberies that have been this close. And I think that's the reason that I, I give this the edge over almost any other robbery. The only thing that maybe you could think of is like post 2004 Yankees, Red Sox. Yeah. But really it's been Duke Carolina in terms of like both teams have been consistently good, consistently beat each other and consistently beat each other on the other one's home floor. Like it's, there just hasn't been any, it's been unrivaled in, in that respect. Like, and I, I will say, I don't necessarily know if I like the fact that it's gotten too respectful. Yeah, I like I a little, know. I like a little bit of bad blood. I like, maybe it's the WWE side of me. I like a little bit of theatrics here and there keeps it interesting. I don't like the whole, we're shaking hands. We'll be respectful after that. I kind of want them to look at each other and be like, fuck you. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah. And, like, and your team kind of thing. I, I think one, not all the time that'd be chaos, but you need a little bit of controlled chaos. To keep it interesting. Right. I agree with that. Need some Gerald Henderson around throwing elbows lately. Yeah, one of those. Oh, I mean, if we're gonna make up fake shit, then Leaky Black did it on purpose. You heard? I, <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, we're talking Carolina Duke, man. We're talking Carolina Duke. Like, you, I defended Leaky the other week. I, I'm a reasonable person on that. Like, I, I think it's basketball play, and sometimes your face gets in the way. Terquavion's face got in the way. He's going for the ball. <laughs> but, anyways, I digress, as we like to say. Uh, so let's let's kind of get into like. You know, let's give one or two of our favorite moments within the robbery. Uh, Spencer, you're the guest, so um, we'll, we'll let you start. Mm. So, uh, underrated one is 2005, but the Marvin Williams putback. Because we were uh, in the with, building with that. Yeah, we were in the building. I was, I was cool. Young. Seven. I was like six or seven. And you were what? Uh, so that'd be 11, 11 or 12. 11, yeah. So, that's kind of cool. We were there for that. Um, is what it is. And then another one for me is uh, being there when we when Carolina beat uh, Duke with uh, Marvin Bagley. You know that was the year off the national championship. Duke had uh, Trevon Duvall, uh, Wendell Carter, Bagley, Grayson Allen, like everybody. And yeah, Carolina had a good team, but Carolina wasn't expected to win. Kenny Williams had a good game. Um, it was a big comeback, or well, not a big comeback, probably about six or seven points. But it's just one of those where Smith Center gets rocking. Jordan, you know how it is. Logan, I'm sh- you've been to Smith Center a couple times, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I've been there a few but, times. Yeah, but it's just uh, it's Carolina Duke game. When you're there, you get the chill bumps. Like, you, you know it's going to be a good game. You're going to see a lot of good players. And like we've said before, that's why it's the best robbery in college sports. Yeah, um, there's a reason that this is the most highly sought-after ticket in college sports. I mean, let's just call it what it is, at either place. Uh, I mean, to get in the building, the camera's like the grand. I mean, and that's just to get in the building. Um, There's a reason these ticket prices go up, and they go up as time goes on. No matter if you're both bad, like we're about both two teams about to be unranked going into this matchup and it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not like the boats ranked top two, anything. And this happens. Um, 
I, Spencer, you took my, my one of my okay. favorite ones, the Marvin Williams one, because I was there for that one. Um, but I'm gonna have to go with uh, last year, the Final mm-hmm. Four. That's that's one of my favorites. Uh, obviously, in the, send the K out with that uh, Caleb Love. Still, still don't think he's a uh, don't think he's our best guard, and he likes to shoot us in the foot a lot, but. You know, mm-hmm. at that point in the day, I mean, once he did that, I guess he could pretty much do whatever he wants in my eyes. Um, and then, you know, I I don't know. There's there's so many. Um, but the only ones that I've been there for was the uh, the Marvin Williams one, I guess, would have to be my other one, unless I want to go with the um, Shishev's when that last year with senior night. And Shashevsky's last home game. But the one I've been at is definitely the Marvin Williams game. Um, me and Spencer were there for the Chris Collins, Matt Doherty thing. I, I don't, I'm pretty sure we didn't win. I don't remember if we did or didn't. But that if was just, Doherty was there, then you probably didn't. That was just fun, though. I mean, because <laughs> I, I remember that that little fiasco happening. That was just fun uh, to witness. We were there to witness that. Um, so, at the end of the day, my best one is definitely the uh, the Marvin Williams one, but the second one's definitely Caleb Love sending K out in Final Four. I know you have some ones that are going to piss me off, but go ahead, Logan. Let's hear yours. So the first one for me is a personal one that doesn't have anything to do with the quality of the game in terms of it being close. But I've attended one Duke Carolina game. I, I got I told the story a couple weeks ago on the podcast, but um, shout out my older brother for making this happen. But if you, uh, when I was in college, I think I may have been twenty or twenty one. Uh, a friend of his was in grad school at Duke. She was from Texas and had to fly out for uh, the holiday. And she did not was not using her ticket to the game at Cameron Indoor. So she gave me her ticket. So I, I got to go to Duke Carolina game for free at Cameron Indoor Stadium, sit in the student section for that game. Jabari Parker year. Duke won by about 12-ish, if memory serves me correct. But just that experience as it is was was like top-notch in terms of like sporting events. Because I've been to a handful of games at Cameron. <clears throat> seen some pretty good ones at Cameron. But seeing the Duke Carolina game from the student perspective, even though I went to the Red School down the road, was was a fun it was a fun experience and like i said the game wasn't like anything that's gonna be memorable for anyone watching on tv but just being there in person was pretty elite um the other ones that really kind of come to mind obviously being and like if there are some older listeners here like you, you guys probably will be like oh these these guys are young i mean we're mainly talking about things that we since we've been watching basketball pretty close the things that have stuck out to us and i i'd say i think it was 2011 or 2012 20 late yeah it was around that time because i was in high school um duke wasn't as good as carolina at that year and they went into the dean dome and austin rivers hit that last second three over tyler zeller uh to to win the game like i was ecstatic after that that was just a a like awesome moment to bask in the victory over a that was a objectively better and more talented unc squad that year um you know you also think about jordan jogged my memory on this one before recording but the the duhan i believe it was a reverse layup in overtime at the dean dome in 2004 in his uh senior season um, that was a, another good one that stuck out. Uh, probably uh, one of the other ones because of where I was, I was in Texas uh, uh, on a trip to Austin 
Texas, and we were sitting there in a house we had rented. And we were watching the the Duke Carolina game, and it was the one where it was uh, Trey Jones shot in Wendell Moore put back uh, at the last second. That was one that was just electric to watch. I mean, it's like it's almost like you know those last second victories for either side are the ones that kind of kind of get burned into your mind as as a fan, even if you're just a fan of good basketball. Like those are just like awesome moments. But probably the number one moment for me has to be the 2010 game at Cameron Indoor Stadium on senior night. People maybe Duke fans definitely remember it. Carolina fans probably, if they're big enough fans, probably also remember it. The reason that victory was as sweet as it was was because for Duke won the national title in 2001. Still had a few good years left, and then Duke went through this period in the mid-2000s where they would be a one to three seed, but they'd flame out between the second round and the Sweet 16. Carolina, conversely, had Roy Williams come to town and won the 05 national title. Then they followed that and won the 09 national title. There was lots of talk amongst the uh, in the rivalry and in the national media about, is Coach K let the game pass him by? Is the Duke dynasty done? It was just like it was ad nauseum. Duke was a good team, but they weren't they weren't the Duke of old. Roy Williams, is he better than Coach K? Like that was just the the talking points that were there. That 2010 team, Coach K kind of changed up the way he coached that team because it wasn't a guard heavy team. They had three guards, uh three scholarship guards on the roster. And the point guard for that team was none other than current Duke head coach John Shire. Going to senior night. And Duke blows the doors off of Carolina 82 to 50 statement style and then went on to win the national title. It, it was late in the season. That team kind of got their shit together to make that run in the tournament that they did and, and changed the defense, packed it in instead of overplaying man to man like Duke had traditionally done, focused more on rebounding because traditionally under Coach K, your, their teams weren't the best rebounding teams. Um, they just changed the style of play in route to a national championship. And then, you know, a few years later, they won in 2015. Carolina followed it up in 2017. But that really, it was the 2010 team and Nolan Smith in particular that made Duke basketball cool again because these high school players didn't want to play at Duke anymore. You had good players, but you had John Chire and Kyle Singler and Gerald Henderson and dudes who were like good basketball players, but you didn't look at them and be like, those guys are cool. Now, Nolan Smith made it cool again. Then you get all these like high school players that are coming in there. Duke starts getting more talent uh, like they used to do. And they ended up getting another natty out of it in 2015. Um, it really points back to that 2010 team that changed the narrative for that last chapter of Mike Krzyzewski's career. So that 2010 game sticks out in my mind for that reason. I, uh, you know, we talk about the last second stuff and um, it, it, it's weird. Every game you just mentioned, I can tell you exactly what I was doing as it happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, so the the Duhan, I'm laying in bed. It's a school night, and I wasn't allowed to watch TV because it was past my bedtime. Well, Dad snuck me up a radio that uh, thing so I could listen. Well, I remember listening to it and throwing the headset at the end. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so I used to cry after losing to me. And Logan, is, and people don't understand how fierce we were during school mm-hmm. with this stuff that I used to just dread going to school and seeing your ass after, after Carolina Long. Or I, I didn't even want to talk to you for days. Oh, and no. <laughs> it's, it's been to the point where now we've gotten a little bit more mature. You, we've watched games together. Yeah. I never would have thought in my lifetime we'd watch games. No, back then that would have not been a thing because like you said, we gave each other hell in elementary school about that stuff. And, you know, 
gotta objectively say it was harder on me than it was you because i was the only duke fan in the class right you had your little compadres running around with their walmart unc gear <laughs> and you had the you had the cavalry ready whenever i would walk in the door whenever duke would lose and then on top of that carolina went on a little run there around the same time they're winning yeah. national titles and going to final fours and duke was flaming out in the sweet 16 it was a rough time to be in fifth grade <laughs> and then that's <laughs> great and then um <laughs> Well, wow. uh, but like that was also the uh, year I got glasses. So tell me when it rains, it pours. <laughs> we, uh, I, I, I mean, for a long time, and we still do this song, we even can call each other after one of these games and yeah. talk about it. And you know, if it's a if it's a close like game like that, where it's the last second and we're heartbroken, you know, we just text each other, don't worry about yeah. calling, you know. But I mean, we've got we've grown up a lot being where we were. Um, the river shot. I used to date a Duke girl, and she kept calling me after it happened. I, I said, "That's it. Never dating a Duke girl ever in my life again. <laughs> Never again." Um, I mean, so like those things happen, and you can remember exactly where you were and when this stuff happened. And I don't know. I, I'm speaking this because I don't know, but other fans of with different rivalries, do they have that much passion with it? Because I can even, like, I find myself now every once in a while, like, okay, it's Duke Carolina. I'm excited for it, but is it going to affect my mood? And then halfway through the game, I'm immediately like, this is why I fucking hate Duke. This is why I hate him with the passing. Like, immediate, at some point during that game, I'm going to do that, and it's going to it's gonna take me back to, like, oh, shit, this is, like, life or death here for me. It's not. Um, the What was the one to put back? The, uh, the one we lost with Jones, Trey Jones. Uh, yeah, what was that year? Is that it's first twenty uh, twenty first, first uh, game I watched by myself here with my fiance, and I'm so I, I'm at the time we're dating, but I'm like okay, I got to stay reserved. Carolina Duke, she left for a little bit. I'm like screaming at the TV, the dog scared, um, and then you know that happens, and I was I was respectful. Now I don't give a shit, but I walked <laughs> out, I walked outside, and I was like, excuse me for a second, and I was like. Fuck, just as loud as I could go and like went screaming outside and she was like, I don't even know why you walked outside because I heard you inside. And <laughs> I mean, so it's just stuff like that. You can remember stuff that happens and I don't know if any fan base is lucky enough to have that same type of rivalry and hatred and remembering the moments like Duke and Carolina fan bases do. I'm sure, Spencer, I'm sure you have some of those moments that you remember that, um, especially in our house growing up because it was yeah. it was Carolina and you didn't talk while the ball game was on, and you also didn't listen to the announcers. It was all about the radio. That's all we grew up with, Woody Durham. Every time there was a Carolina basketball game on, and you didn't talk during. No, you're right, 100. percent And actually, uh, that the, talking about the Wendell Moore and Trey Jones, we I, that was when I was at Wilmington, and we had a game that night at the same time, and there was people in the crowd that were watching that on their phones and you could hear like their reaction to like what was happening and everything while I was trying to stay focused to our game, which was hard for me to do because I'm sitting back there. I'm like, all right, what's going on? Like I keep hearing everything. And I would go like during a media timeout or something, I'd walk to the scores table, find a student I knew in the student section, but like, Hey, what, like what's going on? I hear people talking, blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, Gosh, I'd get in so much trouble right now. But like, there's no other robbery you're like that with. Like, if it's uh, 
Alabama Auburn football or whatever, you're not like, oh, I, you're just like, I missed that game or whatever. Like, Carolina, dude, everybody watches it. That's why it's the most highly televised college basketball game year after year after year. And, um, I mean, there's so many memories that go along with it, but it's like it keeps going on year to year to year, so you know there's more to go along with it. Like, there's more to come. I think that the hatred is there for other rivalries. Like, I I know from – my brother telling me from when he visited Louisville that the hatred is there for Louisville yeah. and UK. But in terms of how much the national basketball watching populace pays attention, it's not there for anything else. Like this is a national game that even if you're a passive fan, you tend to tune into. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's kind of what separates the battle of the blues from, from a lot of the other robberies. Cause I mean, and I say that is like, even like the local robberies around here, like as much as Carolina fans don't want to admit it, they fucking hate NC state. They they hate losing to, they hate losing to NC state. They want to try to pull the whole Nacho rival thing, but I've been in the, in the stadium with Carolina fans when States beat them in the last second, they don't like it. They, they act crazy in the same way state fans do when (laughs) that happens to them. But in terms of what the national media the national like fans out in other states, they're not watching that game like they do do Carolina. I'm realistic enough to know that. It's just, that's a state rivalry. That this is a national rivalry that has eyeballs on it from all over the country. I mean, it's just it's a different it's a different animal. It's, it's we're lucky we're lucky in North Carolina uh-huh. that we and you know us growing up with these fan bases and that we're lucky to be a part of. The rivalry that you have roots to it. Your brother's still a big diehard Duke fan. Um, your family's a, still a big Duke fan, I, I guess, right? And yeah, so they, they, they um, watch Duke and NC State now, but that my mom still likes to watch Duke games. I mean, it's 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 wild that it, it goes so deep and it goes so many generations when you get in, and you don't. I mean, even now, my dad used to ask me because uh, he was. We were watching it when Rivers hit that shot, and I remember him saying, "Don't you answer?" Because she kept calling the Duke girl's name, kept calling me. She said, "He said, don't you answer, and don't you end up marrying this girl, or don't you end up being with her, or you ever get another Duke girlfriend because of that reason?" And it's because of the rivalry. It's because of the rivalry. <laughs> sometimes it's bigger than sports. <laughs> yeah, yep. sometimes. But, uh, Battle of the Blues, UNC visiting Cameron Indoor Stadium at Duke this weekend, Saturday, February 4th at 6.30 p.m. Another installment and a classic series. We'll see who comes out the victor this time around. All right, to the ACC at large. Let's do our uh, top five current power rankings, starting at five, going to one. Gordon, kick it off. Sure. Um, So I had – I made this without the Clemson loss today, but I I changed it a little bit with that. Um, But number five – uh, hasn't changed. Number five is Miami. Um, they're, they're still very good. I know they, um, they they did lose to the Wolfpack and stuff like that, but Miami's a good basketball team. And they, as we see what's going on now, is you still have the crop, the cream rising to the top in the ACC. And that's what's happening. Miami's number five. State is number four for me. Um, they beat Miami. State's a good basketball team, as bad as I hate to admit it. And I feel like, you know, on this podcast, 
and I'm not trying to be respectful to you by any means, Logan. So don't take it as respect <laughs> hey, at all. You never have before, so don't start now. <laughs> um, but it's I've had to respect state more, and I've took state more in my picks and gambling than I ever thought I would in my life in this season because they are good. They're a good basketball team. They're not fully healthy, um, but they do find ways to win, even if they um, they lose me a game because of a bullshit three pointer. Um, I'm still salty about that from two weeks ago. <laughs> but um, you know, state state has good guard play. They they got more than they ever would expect it with Burns. They got way more than they ever would expect with him. And to be honest, it needs to go through him. Mm-hmm. Um, from now on, is my opinion for state to be the best they can be. They need to go inside out with Burns. Um, number three, I got Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at one point I was worried about we had a segment on this Carolina in trouble. Um, is Carolina back? I'm not going to say. I, I'm going to say they're a little. They're. I'm going to say they're back. I'm just going to mm-hmm. say it. They, they're they're back to what I thought they were going to be. Um, are they the top of the ACC? No. But they, I think they're going to get the, two, the double buy in the ACC time. Um, and, you know, there's some things to work out. We'll figure that out as it goes on. But Carolina's playing better. Um, they, they've got into what I said state needs to do. They go into Baycott and work it out. Um, so it helps with that. And I think that's the key to such Carolina's success here lately. Um, so they, they're number three. Um, in my rankings, number two is actually Clemson after the loss tonight. Um, I know they're 10 and 2 in the ACC, but you lose at BC. I'm sorry. I know it's on the road. It's tough to play on the road, but it's at Boston College. You should win that ball game. Unless they had injuries, which there was talk there might be somebody out. So I don't know. I didn't really watch that game. Um, so it could have been. Um, but still, Clemson is a respectable team, and I don't think anybody on this podcast. Or in the uh, that watches AC2 basketball, expected Clemson to be up there top two. I know we didn't have them up there um, in our uh, top five to begin the mm-hmm. year, but they're there. They're good. They're a very good basketball team, and they they're at the top of the ACC. Um, and then you got Virginia, who's constantly a thorn in my side, um, but they're they're number one for me. UVA is the best team in the ACC right this moment. And it's because they just win. It might not be pretty. That's how basketball sucks. It's um, never pretty. <laughs> they, I saw a stat. They've held, like, opponents under 70 points for, like, 200 straight games. It's, like, nuts what they've done defensively. I mean, and at home, at home. Um, and so, you know, when you have that type of home court advantage, well, I don't – Get why it's so loud. I don't think it's a very, but it's tough for Carolina weather. But um, it, they just they they win. And Tony Bennett, hats off to him. He gets players that stay. He don't get a lot of players that do the one and done. He did. He's he's usually don't have a lot of those. But so it's got to be some coaching there. Um, but he gets his players he wants in his system, and they stay and they win. Um, other than that, loss to the 16th seed that was the first ever. <laughs> um, but, a little jab in there yeah I can't compliment them the whole time but that's my top five and on top is UVA until somebody dethrones 
I'll go through mine quick because mine's actually identical to yours. I have Miami at five. I still think they're a good team. Uh, I think Laranega's fantastic coaching, and they do have really good guard play. I've watched Isaiah Wong enough to to realize that you know th- that guard play is some of the best in the ACC. Um, but you know they did split the series with State. Should have been a sweep, but you know that's alternate timeline. The State swept that. Uh, number four, I do have NC State right now. I think that they're probably one of the surprise teams in the league this year for a lot of people. Um, the cool thing about what this state team has done has been, they hit home runs in the transfer portal, which, you know, Keats, you know, coming from a prep school, he knows how to piece together a roster. He did a a fantastic job at that this year. And this team had people have accepted their roles and they have nothing to lose. They're playing with what's your favorite phrase from last year, Jordan house money this year. I mean, they weren't expected to be good. So anything they, they get in terms of like uh, ascending up the ACC and, and hopefully vying for one of the double buys in the ACC tournament. It's house money for them because they were not supposed to be good this year. Uh, DJ Burns, uh, old school player that plays below the rim, but dude, dude is a baller. Um, number three, I have at UNC. They've been playing a lot better, especially like you said, you called it a few weeks ago, Jordan, like when they made the switch to go inside out uh, with going through Baycott instead of it being the, the Caleb Love show, they've been a, a lot better. Uh, since then, Baycott is a stud. I'm still not the biggest fan of the guy, but I, I you know, I respect his game. Um, he is a, definitely a stud down low. And so I'm giving UNC the edge because of the head-to-head win. So they get the the three spot. Number two is Clemson. They've been on an incredible run, but I did say last week, I think it was, that I think we're going to eventually see Clemson start to regress to the mean because I think they've been overperforming a little bit for what they probably should have done. I think they're still a good team and they're still going to uh, potentially – like definitely finish in the top four in the ACC, but I, I do think they're going to go on a little bit of a skid here. We'll see. And the number one UVA, I mean, they've been the steady Eddie consistent program overall uh, the last few years. Um, Tony Bennett's style may not be pretty, but it's effective. Uh, I am interested to see if state can maybe try to push that for that streak to break just because Kevin Keats and state, even in the bad years, weirdly play Virginia well and weirdly get wins in Charlottesville. It's just one of those things that doesn't make sense, but it, it's happened recently. So um, I'm excited for the um, NC State UVA game that's upcoming in the next uh, stretch for the Wolfpack. But uh, that's me, five through one. Spencer, what about you? Well, mine's almost identical to you guys. It pretty much is identical with Miami at five. Uh, State at – part of me wants to take State at three, but I'm not going to just because Carolina beat State. Um Carolina at three, like you all say, Carolina's starting to play better. This week's a big test with Pitt at Carolina. Uh, I think Pitt's kind of declining a little bit. They had their run. Uh, Then uh, Clemson's declining, so they're at two. But uh, Clemson loses tonight, but they just had a very high quality – or not high quality, but a very uh, high emotional win on the road against Florida State on Saturday. Uh, you got to end one with like 10 seconds left to take the lead, but you lose tonight. So it'd be interesting how they respond. And then Virginia at one Virginia, like you guys said, they, or Tony Bennett always finds guys that buys into his system and they're coachable and they know their role. Like States, you're, like you're saying with state this year, they know their role. If you not play defense, you're not going to play for Tony Bennett. He doesn't matter what your field goal percentage is. As long as, you know, you hold this team under 60 points or whatever, you're going to have a good shot to win any game. Uh, you guys talk about Carolina playing better with uh, going through Baycott. 
But I think the X factor on Carolina is R.J. Davis. I, I mean, if he's shooting the ball well, that opens the floor up more for uh, Leakey and for Caleb especially. It takes a lot of pressure off him. Um, I expect, you know, everybody's been kind of hanging their head about Pete Nance and how he – yes, he is not Brady Maddox, two totally different players. But I think he's going to do some things down the stretch to kind of help Carolina stay in that vicinity to where they're a five to six seed and they can still get hot like they did last year. And it'll be interesting to see how uh, the last month or so the ACC plays out. And well, that's our ACC power rankings as it stands right now. Let's move into the pick 'em. But first, before I throw it over to my co host, uh, the updated records we are coming into this week tied. I went two and two last week. He went three and one. So we are now 25 and 16 uh, a piece heading into uh, the final stretch of the regular season here in ACC play. We are tied thus far 25 and 16. All right, Jordan, take it away. This week's slate of games. Yeah. Um, this week has got some, obviously, some great games. Um, I don't know if it's technically rivalry week, but you'll see some of those um, happen in the ACC a little bit more as the games go on. Um, but you got a great slate of games for this weekend. Um, my picks will be up. Uh, started out this week pretty good. Um, my picks will be up for the week with the spread and everything else at Cold Cans Pick'em. Um, if you guys like that, uh, this I've been okay with college basketball. Uh, just come off a very profitable uh, year with NFL. Um, so the the college basketball, you know, as the season goes on, it gets a little easier to pick games. Um, so just follow those along at Cold Cans Pick'em and win you some money. Um, so for our first game, we, we stay in the best conference in basketball. Sorry, it's the way it is. The Big 12. Um, we got Kansas at Iowa State with Iowa State coming off the uh, terrible collapse last night that caused me a, that cost me a sweep. Um, losing. Told you to go with the over. Yeah, Spencer hit the over. And uh, I, I like to make my own picks on the counts i don't want really want to listen to my brother on anything anyway um but it's uh you know they collapsed a 23 point lead and lost last night so that didn't help but anyway you got the jay halts of kansas going into um iowa state and spencer will give you the first pick on this one since me and logan are even also so we don't have to do the the whole bullshit about oh i gotta go first now because it doesn't really matter we're even now <laughs> I'm rolling with rock chalk. I mean, it's, uh, Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State's coming off that loss. Kansas beat Kansas State tonight by 12 at home. Um, Kansas went through that rough stretch uh, where they lost three straight. Had a good win on the road this weekend, this past weekend at Rupp. Um, so I think Kansas is going to catch some uh, momentum here uh, next month or so leading into the tournament and probably looking to, to repeat as national champions. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know they went through the losing three in a row, but they've never lost four in a row under Bill Self. So keep that in mind, betters, if you ever want to bet with that. If they lose three straight, they don't need to lose four under Bill Self. Um, Logan, what's your pick on that game? I'm falling victim to sunken cost fallacy here, but I – have put too much effort into picking against Kansas to back out now. So 
Give me the Cyclones at home. They're going to take down the Jayhawks. I'm going to get one of these right one of these days. I started picking Kansas, and they started winning. Or I started Uh, picking against Kansas, and they started winning. Damn, Logan, I was hoping I was going to get one. I'm calling you here. Um, I'm going with the Iowa State Cyclones, too. Uh, It's it's hard to win on the road. And uh, don't get me wrong, I think Kansas is the better team, but I think uh, Iowa State gets back on track here at home. Uh, And it's going to be, I'm sure it's a tough environment like it is everywhere when you have a blue blood coming to town. Um, So I expect the Cyclones to win this ballgame. Next, we'll go to the uh, the SEC, and no, we're not talking about football here. Um, with Auburn at Tennessee, um, tough place to play. Tennessee is number two in the nation, if I'm correct. I think so. And Auburn's ranked two, and Al- Auburn's ranked twenty three or twenty four. Um, so it's another big, big game here. Um, Spencer, what you, what you got with this one? I am going with trying to find it. It's Auburn 25 and Tennessee number two. I'm going with Tennessee. Tennessee's hard to beat at home. Um, they had a slip up against Kentucky. Uh, they won the last three games, four games since then. They won four in a row. Um, they just beat Texas last weekend by 11. So I'm going rock the top. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'll I'll take this one first, Logan. I'll give you a break on it. I'll take uh, I'm gonna take the Volunteers also. I know Logan is your favorite guy coaching. Um, there with uh Rick Barnes. Uh, Should have been ours back in 2006. Yeah, <laughs> if ands or buts. But um, I I I'm gonna go with the Volunteers. I I just I think you know I've watched Auburn play. And I really haven't watched Tennessee play that much. I, I watched a lot of games, especially when I was on night shift the past couple of weeks. And that's, there's nothing else for me to do but watch basketball there. And um, other than do my job, <laughs> who does that? Uh, but <laughs> but I, uh, I I think it's going to be Tennessee, and I don't think it's going to be that close. I think uh, Auburn relies too much on a three-point shot, and I think Tennessee is more balanced. So I think Tennessee wins this game. What about you, Dewberry? Well, as you mentioned, um, a noted big Rick Barnes guy. Love Rick Barnes. And last I checked, this isn't the NCAA tournament. He's a regular season killer. Still the regular season. Shout out uh, former guest Sarah Blake. Give me Rocky Top. Yeah, it's, it's really tough to pick against Tennessee. And they've become a staple. I'm, they've become, especially since Rick Barnes took over, and even before that, they're a college basketball. I'm not going to say massive powerhouse but they're they're very relevant all uh it seems like year in and year out uh, am i going to count them as a blue blood type program no but they are very consistent and like you said even though they might shit the bed in the NCAA tournament they tend to always stay in the top 10 in regular season and so you know that's got to be just, just the program and it's it's good i, I don't know many people that hate tennessee unless you're a Florida fan or something like that, but I, I don't have a problem with Tennessee at all. Um, so that'll be a good matchup to watch on Saturday. Uh, next up, we're going to the conference with Rutgers as on Mr. Bull Reckless. Um, I, Purdue versus at Indiana. Um, Indiana, I'm watching the game now, is in a 
is in a dog fight at Maryland. Um, I, sorry, I'm still bitter about Maryland leaving as a charter member for the ACC. <laughs> sorry, still bitter about that one. Um, but if you don't want to be with us, we don't fucking want you. Maryland uh, fans are like Eagles fans. I mean, it, I don't like that they left either because of history, but good riddance. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, if you want out, just get get the hell out. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Comcast Center. Give me a break. Gravest. Now, now, now it's the Xfinity Center. Uh, but yeah. I'm sure I'm sure the fans are still the same. Uh, every, we used to hate going there. Duke used to hate going there. I mean, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig in the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good comparison. Uh, you got Purdue at Indiana. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll start this one off. Uh, I'm going to go with the Boilermakers. They're very good. They go inside out because they have Edie. No, what's, isn't that his name? The yeah. center? Um, that guy's a monster, man. I mean, he's just all-around athletic. He's as tall as he is. And I know it doesn't take much when you're 7'2", whatever the hell he is. But Purdue's a good basketball team, the number one in the country. Um, and Indiana's been sliding a little bit. Um, I hate that because Carolina lost at Indiana. and It, it felt like Carolina lost by a million. Um, but it's, it's one of those games I don't see being that close. It doesn't matter where Purdue's just a better basketball team. So I feel like, uh, Purdue wins this game. Uh, Logan, what you got? Yeah. I mean, Purdue's made their way back into, or not Purdue. Indiana's made their way back into the top 25, I believe. I think they're currently 21st, but mm-hmm. they have been sliding a little bit. I mean, it, it is at assembly hall, but I think it's a four o'clock tip. So it's not, it's not, not like it's. You know, they have all all day for the students to get liquored up and then come into Assembly Hall. And it, it isn't the late 70s and 80s with Bob Knight. Um, I, I think Purdue's a better basketball team. I think they get it done on the road because I don't think that the conference with Rutgers is that good. I think they have Purdue and then a lot of mediocre teams. So I, I think the Boilermakers get it done. Yeah, I, I mean, it's – and this – uh. They have a very overrated team by the name of the Michigan Wolverines. Fuck those guys. And Juwan Howard. Um, and Dickerson. Hate that guy, too. Uh, but I digress. Uh, so, Spencer, what you got for that game? I'm going with the Hoosiers. There's oh, some mob oh, magic at ah, Assembly Hall. Ah. Uh, Indiana has been playing good lately. Like you said, they're losing now. Um, I don't think they're – out of this game as they just turn the ball over as I say that. But um so <laughs> we but then we have a off oh no they call it bot. Okay. Back to the point. Uh Indiana's <laughs> good at home. Good at home they're good at home. Um beat beat Michigan State at home at Assembly Hall. It's a tough place to play. The fans are gonna show up. Trey Jackson Davis is gonna have a player of the year type performance. Against Edie, Edie, you'll still get his double double, whatever. Uh, if you're not, if you're seven two and you can't get a double double, you don't need to be playing college basketball. So, but I think the guard play with Indiana Johnson may be back for that game. Um, if he does, that's going to be a huge lift for them. So we'll see on that. But I'm rolling with the Hoosiers. There you have it, folks. A uh, little contrarian pick there. I like it. I don't. I don't like us all. That's never fun. I don't like agreeing with anybody on this show. Um, so then we'll go to the our favorite conference, the ACC, with these next three games. Um, when I talk about it being, you know, Carolina Duke, it's it's rivalry week somewhat here. You got 
Virginia at Virginia Tech. Castle Coliseum's a tough place to play, boys. Um, don't understand it because the students are literally elevated so high. I I don't know what the problem is there. Um, but Virginia Tech's been a different team with uh, what's his name back? Basili. No, Couture. 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 I was like Basili. Who the hell is Basili? He's like a That's cheat a big guy. At home. Yeah, dude, that guy is nuts. That guy just throws it up and he goes in. Um, and if if I'm not mistaken, I think they even beat Carolina without him. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Was he there for that game? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But um, anyway, with him back, it's a big lift for the Pokies. Uh, but they are playing the best team in the ACC, in my opinion. So, uh, Logan, I'll let you start this one off. What do you think is uh, going to happen here? You know, I, I do think that – I mean, I've been saying it for a while. The Virginia Tech at home is way different than Virginia Tech on the road. Castle, weirdly, is a tough place to play. Right. Don't know why. It's not like that school has any history in basketball. I think they're still like one of the only – I think they are the only Power 5 program that doesn't have a national championship in football, basketball, or baseball. Um, but they – this one's tough, but I, I think the defense travels better and plays better in, in um, tough environments than offense does. So that's why I'm kind of sticking with the, the Cavaliers here. If the Cavaliers were a running gun, you know – shoot from three type team who didn't play good defense, I'd be hammering away on the Hokies. But just because of their style of play and they pride themselves on their defensive prowess, uh, I think UVA gets it done on the road. They've won, UVA's won six straight. I mean, in the ACC and conference play, doesn't matter who you play, you've been on the road, you've been um, playing some teams, it's just tough to do um, in general. Um, Spencer, what you got on this game? Hokies. Hmm. Mm. Spencer's smelling upsets uh, this weekend. Yeah, it's uh, Virginia Tech. They uh, lost tonight to Miami. They're going home. They're playing a rival. We saw what they did to Duke a couple week, uh, about a week or so ago. Um, saw what they did to Carolina. Mutz is going to be have to be uh, huge in this game because Virginia doesn't have a lot of. They got Gardner, and they got uh not, don't really have a lot of size. So I think um, with Couture the heating, starting to heat up a little bit with uh, the Basili, Grant Basili starting to, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. He's starting to get a little better in months. I think just, I think it starts to click Virginia Tech here in the next couple of weeks and they're going to uh, make some noise in the ACC tournament like they did last year. Yeah, they were, uh, it's, it's weird because they always start off bad. And I mean, when they're bad, it's bad, bad. Because we've talked about how big of a slide they've been on before on this podcast here recently. But then when they catch fire, man, it's like they just start hitting wins like back to back to back. And so it's it's a rivalry game. It's at it's at uh, Castle. And uh, Logan, I'm going to leave you on the lone wolf here. I'm going BT also. Uh, the brothers are riding together. Uh, I think I watched uh, UVA play Syracuse, and uh, I felt like the – I know Castle's a little tougher than Carrier, though, in my opinion. Um, hey, so, GMA Wireless Dome, bro. Whatever the hell it is. It's the Carrier Dome on this show, what the other stuff is. Other than the KFC Young Center, I won't ever get on saying that. But um, it's I, I think that the Hokies with Couture and the other white guy, I don't know what his Padula. name is. Uh, yeah, but 
those two and Mutz, <laughs> I think they uh, – I'm, I'm terrible with names if you guys haven't figured that out. Uh, I think the Dairy show up, and there's a little hokey magic here. Uh, so I think BT wins this game. I hope just so maybe Carolina gets a win and we move up in the standings and do some crazy stuff. But I, I think I got the Hokies here. Um I Next did like week. the the lone wolf reference there. Yeah, you know to the, the NFL pa- Network. Pack, pa- no, the pack guy uh, here on the podcast of two heels guys. The lone wolf. I like that. Uh, I was going with the NFL Network reference, but uh, no, sure. I don't watch yeah. the NFL. Uh, you just must, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know you were a communist. Thanks for coming out on the show. Um, <laughs> but we move on to the uh, your game, Logan. That you like? Are you going to be in attendance this, uh, for this game? Saturday, no. I got a concert on Saturday. Oh, that's right. You miss, you're doing a concert over Carolina Duke yeah. and NC State. So yeah. you must really like this artist. I don't even know if this is a night game or not, but I know I've got like friends coming into town for this because it's like a this is something we've done since 2015. It's been like a yearly tradition for us because this is like a three day concert. We're only going to one year this year because we're all getting old. We used to get all three. But like this has been something like a six year tradition for this weekend. So basketball hits the back burner. Dustin will be in town. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I don't know. Logan, he doesn't uh, love that the Duke Carolina games at the same time, but that was this was planned before the game was really what schedule was released. So uh, he'll be on his phone, I'm sure. Probably. Uh, <laughs> um, so we got Georgia Tech going to PNC um, for this game. Uh, I'll, uh, I'm going to say we'll probably all agree on this pick, but hey, Spencer, go ahead. Shock the world. Tell us something different. Um, if Georgia Tech didn't just get beat by 43 against Duke, maybe. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think State wins by 20, and Josh Pastner is uh, fired up through this season. Oh, wow. Damn, hot takes here. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be – I, I don't know. I'm not even going to say it's going to be a good, good game. I'm going to be straight up with the year. I don't think it's going to be I can, I can see this being an all-time state thing where state's supposed to win. You know, they're getting relevant, and then they're going to lose to Georgia Tech. I mean, I can see it happen. Hey, uh, Spencer, on this podcast, Logan refers to it, for, to it as NC State shit. Am I right, Logan? Is that what that is the um, official term. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to trademark that coming up. Um, yeah. But so I don't know. I I'll, I'll let you pick uh, last here, Logan, since it's your game. I'm uh, I'm going with the Wolfpack, and I don't think it's close. I think it's double digit win. Um, this is one of those. Now I did think Notre Dame was going to be one that was going to be a double digit win, and it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. But don't play with your food, as our guy's been on here, Kenshin. Likes to say a lot on Twitter. Uh, don't play with your food here. Just get it over with. Uh, finish this early so everybody can get to watch the real game going up at 6 o'clock. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to go with the Wolfpack here, and it's not even close. So, Logan, what you got? Uh, I mean, look, over the last few years, Keith struggles against Josh Pastner. It doesn't matter how good State is or how bad State is, and vice versa with the Yellow Jackets. He does struggle with Pastner. If this game was in Atlanta, I would say hammer Georgia Tech. But you know what? State's already won in Atlanta earlier in the year. So I don't know if that necessarily applies to this particular team. 
based on past year's uh, trends. State tends to play very well at PNC and like this year's team. And the crowd has been getting progressively better and better. DJ Burns has been hyping people up, asking them to come out on uh, Twitter. He's been getting a lot of love from Wolfpack Nation. I hope this isn't going to come to bite me in the ass, but I think Wolfpack gets it done rather easily this weekend. But, you know, crazier things have happened. We were 19 and a half point favorite against Boston College this year in football. So, Um, you know, Logan, we're not usually wrong on the show. Um, you know, we talked about we talked about some <laughs> things that state needed to do better. And surprisingly, against Wake Forest, they did it and they won. Um, so on the road, nonetheless. Maybe we, uh, maybe some people start getting our opinions. Um, I don't know. Nobody really asked for our opinions, but we're going to give them anyway because this, <laughs> sh- this is our damn show. Um, Got that right. But now we move to the the best game of the week, the best game in the state. The best game in all of sports, UNC versus Duke. Um, you know, everybody, when they sing the fight song, they say go to hell Duke. I tend to say go to hell State pretty progressively unless they're playing Duke. Um, but, Spencer, what do you think is going to happen here? Um, I don't know. But I'm going to go Carolina. I'm going to go Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> is it is that your heart or what you think for that? That's uh, my heart. I uh, don't know. Uh, really, it's toss up. I yes. think it, it it could come down to one possession, or it could be Duke's gonna just uh, shoot the lights out and Carolina. I don't. I don't know. I really just don't know. And it's not usually you can kind of predict what's gonna happen. I can see Filipowski dropping 40. I can see Roach having the game of his life. I can see Caleb Love. This is the breakout of slump game. Like, he's going to show up in big games. Um, Baycott's going to get his double-double and Carolina dominates. So, I don't know. I don't know. I see a lot of different things happen. So, but you're going with Carolina? Yeah, I'm going to just go with Carolina just because go with the boys. All right, Logan, I'm gonna uh, since I gave you the last one uh as your team, I'm gonna let you go next. What do you think's gonna happen here? Well, um, it's like Spencer said, I don't really know. Um it, it could go either way. A Duke plays better at home, but does that really matter in this game? But I'm gonna go with the Tar Heels and let me tell you why. Oh, I think the Tar Heels are gonna continue their trend of having a lot of help from the zebras. Because if, uh, if you if you look at the free throw attempts compared to every other team in the country, and it's not style of play because the numbers don't bear that out when compared to the games that people have looked at. But Duke at home is plus eight in free throw attempt margin. Carolina at home is plus 13. Duke away is plus 3.4. Carolina is plus 2.6. You know, they both tend to get more calls than every other team in the league. That's just statistical facts. Can't be denied. Question is, who are they going to give the calls to in this one? Me being a not-so-unbiased third party, being a Wolfpack guy, obviously pulling for Duke in this one, go to hell Carolina. I'm curious to see who the refs are going to choose in this one. We'll we'll have a an idea come halftime on who's shooting more free throws. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going with Carolina. The uh, 
Yeah, These are the, the referees' favorite two teams playing against each other. God knows they're going to have to figure out who they're going to uh, <laughs> who they're going to pick in this one. Well, Shishovsky's not there, so maybe you won't get favored anymore with the flops and <laughs> everything else. I think the flop rule was uh, was made just for the Duke Blue Devils, but uh, and also you know any any uh, I don't know. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk crap about Coach K. Not on this shit. I'll wait till the second meeting. Um, <laughs> But so with my pick here, I it's it's like Spencer said, you know, I, I don't really think Carolina matches up that well with Duke. Being how, you know, Filipowski is a nightmare problem. Lively is a problem. And I know Baycott is who we go through, but my thing is is who What's Pete Nance going to do? Now, we watched, me and you, Logan, off the air, watched the Syracuse game, and we were talking about how he could be a problem. Well, that's like I know they look at the final stat line, he's 17 points. So, and yeah. I, I don't remember this. I don't remember him having that big of a role, but he did. And, um, you know, it, I think it comes down to this. What does Caleb Love do? Um, honestly, is what's going to determine that outcome. Um, I, I'm a little scared uh, to pick my boys, but but fuck that, you know. I'm a Tar Heel born. I'm a Tar Heel dead, and when I mean bred, and when I die, I'll be a Tar Heel dead. And Spencer gave me this nice ass Christmas gift of the shot uh, over over Williams. You can't see it on my on the podcast thing, but and it's framed, and it's called the shot over Duke, and it's what won the rivalry. So go to hell, Duke. I'm picking the Tar Heels here. And uh, I hope to God I'm drunk enough that I can just sit there and enjoy the game. And it's not even close in Carolina's favor. So that's what hey, I got. Julius Hodge once said, if you're scared, get a dog. <laughs> uh, I thought he also said, if we're hungry, we eat. But He said that uh, too? Yeah. I, I can't see what he tweets anymore because I'm blocked. Uh, that's, <laughs> I was blocked in high school by Julius Hodge. So there's a fun fact for you. Um, <laughs> that's how much I love the Wolfpack. Um, but you know, it's it's the best game in sports. It's the best game of the year, twice a year. If we're lucky enough; it'll happen three or four times. My blood pressure can't take it, and if I die early age, Logan, just make sure at the eulogy to say uh, it's because he watched too many Carolina Duke games because that's going to be the death. <laughs> um, but you know it's. I can't wait for it. I'm looking forward to Saturday. Uh, Spencer will be watching it. We'll, me and him will be watching it somewhere. I think we're going to cook out. We make it a big to-do. Uh, we watched it with, together on at Wilmington Logan, me and you, one time. And, you know, you have good luck watching it with Tar Heel fans. Uh, I have never seen Duke win a game when a Tar Heel fan is present. Hey, so Spencer. You got one Saturday? You got one Saturday? Uh, <clears throat> technically, yes. Ryan Engel will be there, uh, yeah. Jordan, but we're not going to be watching the game, so I don't know how that uh, applies. We'll see. Um, so Spencer, next time the second meeting, I might just—I'm supposed to have tickets to that game, but I think we'll skip it and we'll just go hang out with Logan. Like, just follow Logan <laughs> around uh, all day, no matter what happens. Yeah. That way, we can uh, hopefully get a win there. To be honest, yeah. if it <clears throat> to go all Larry David, if you don't know it, 
listeners, watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, fantastic show. To go all Larry David on you, just to keep you from being able to be in person for a Carolina Duke win, hey, come on, my door's always open. <laughs> <laughs> any other Carolina fans it's, listening? It's a spite loss. <laughs> any, other, uh, any other Carolina fans listening, just go get the – Leave a comment asking for Logan's address. Go show up there for the game Saturday. Find it. I don't care where you're at. Dude, it's an it's it's a record that is spanning twelve years. I am zero and whatever. Whenever I watched it with a Carolina fan, it's incredible. Uh, I do hate that for you, Logan. I do hate that really badly. <laughs> oh no, you'd never win. Uh, but if uh, also if I ever if I ever get. Uh, Divorce is probably going to be because of my actions after a Carolina Duke game. Also, is another reason because I'll just be so damn hateful and irritated if Carolina loses. So we'll see. Um, <laughs> but it's fun, and I can't wait for Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it should be a good game. Uh, it's Saturday, six thirty, Battle of the Blues, um, in honor of Raycom and Billy Packer. Rest in peace. Um, lost to ACC legend, like we said. So. Uh, be sure to let us know who you think, what your take on the game is, what your favorite Duke Carolina moment is. You can hit us on Twitter at, at ColdCansPickham or at ColdCansSports or leave us a voicemail. In the description of this podcast that you're listening to right now, there's a link that says click here to leave a voicemail. Click the link. Click the button that says record. Tell us your favorite moment. Send it to us. Love to hear from you and uh, respond on the air. Uh, for this episode of Tailgate Season, where it's always a bad day to be a beer, presented by the Cold Cans Network. I'm Logan, sitting here with Jordan, and this week, our special guest, Spencer. See you next time.